0: Before we get into this week's stories, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that I'm recording from stolen Gadigal land and pay my respect to Gadigal elders past and present, as well as recognise that the area where FBI radio is situated, Redfern has long been a place of storytelling, strength, resistance and resilience for First Nations communities. Hey, I'm Danny Stewart, and you're listening to All The Best. This week, we're sharing stories from a special collaboration with The Bold Source, a magazine led, curated and designed by creative young people in the city of Brimbank. First up, Hayley shares a powerful poem and its inspiration, the story of her mind.
1: Hi there, my name is Haley Bissett, and I'm an autistic writer and editor for the Bald Source magazine, made in the city of Brimbank, Victoria, Australia. Today, I would like to take you on a journey with me, a journey that I've never really had the confidence to talk about in the depth that I've always wanted to, until now. So please get comfortable and open your mind, my fellow listener. This is a poem about me and my autism. This is My Beautiful Mind. The mind is complex, like the Cheshire's trickery and the deep, dark rabbit holes. From one to another, they are all different, morphing and ever-changing like the butterfly with its wondrous wings but once was the humble caterpillar walking its way. My mind as full and equal to the person next to me. My mind as vast as a library, full of thoughts, dreams, and knowledge as the person next to me. But why did someone have to put clouds in front of my mind? Since when, did someone say, my mind was inferior? Well sir, you've had me underrated. Walk a mile in my shoes, I dare you. It will be an experience you'll never forget. Let's see if you like the thick fog they place over people like me. Let's see if you can handle my beautiful mind. Get lost in the wooden and clay bookshelves, get lost in the stories I tell. Do not just scratch the surface, why can't you read in between these lines? See that these clouds are less scary as they seem. See that I'm less scary as they believe me to be. Let the unknown rain down on you, and immerse yourself in the pitch black waters. Let the unknown be answered, as I heal from your ignorant words. Don't you get that your words drip, drip, drip into my soul like the rain from these clouds? But your words eventually made me grow, grow, grow from the seedling I once was to the great willow tree I am becoming. I stand rooted against this stormy weather. I stand tall and in pride as I walk through this crossfire. Look up to the sky as I try and understand this different world. Fall in love with another world as I try and clear my mind. I write this to attempt to unwind from the cruel world and heal from your cruel words. Your words may have broken my branches, but you will never break my soul. So, my journey begins on the 2nd of August, 2005, at 11.05am. I was born. Skipped three years later, and I got diagnosed with Autism Spectrum Disorder. Off the bat, this was extremely unusual. Why may you ask? Well... In the early to mid-2000s, females tended to get their ASD diagnosis at a well older age compared to males who would get their diagnosis at around 2-3 to three years old. Why? You ask again? The reason being is that autism was considered a boy's disease because of the differences in symptoms between the sexes and the lack of studies to effectively diagnose females. And now... Women in their 20s, 30s, and even 40s are getting diagnosed with autism. I know, that is insane. And I guess that is the intro to my life. But anyway, on to when I start primary school. Primary school was bumpy, to say the least. For a big part of my childhood, I was bullied for my introvertness and how I coped with the environment I was in. I was that quiet kid, the one who used to walk around the school alone at lunch and not play like the others. I did this to cope and unwind from loud noises of the classroom and having to interact with people who I found hard to understand. I remember vividly these older girls... They used to call me names that I didn't understand at the time, which I now know are slurs, as I walked the same route as I always did. I was also made fun of because I couldn't read or spell properly, and found it hard to understand social and facial cues. At this point in my life, I craved to not feel like a fish out of water. And eventually, I learned how to navigate a neurotypical world but this has its consequences. I noticed this during high school. If I made a new friend, or was just trying to collaborate with people at school, i do something called masking, which is intentionally learning neurotypical behaviors to fit into a social situation. The consequences of doing this is that I suppress all the autistic traits that I've learned over the years are socially unacceptable which is extremely exhausting to do. An example of this, for me, is having to sit in a loud classroom and get overwhelmed but feeling it's inappropriate to leave the room, or me having a conversation with someone that they perceive me as rude even though I'm just trying to be honest with that person. But once I become more comfortable in a friendship and trust someone, I'll open up and show more of my traits. This can change people's opinions of me, and even discourage them from having a relationship with me at all. Some have even turned cool towards me. Honestly, I don't think my dad's going to be too happy with my scores this time. Especially because he's been waiting for them for so long. I mean, I wasn't happy with them, so... What's gonna make him happy with them? I don't know, dude. It's definitely not what he expects. Hello, Haley, dude, you gotta stop zoning out like listen to me uh oh um i'm I'm sorry it's just it's been an overwhelming day. I feel like you just don't care. I mean, if you don't care then. Why even answer my calls? Why even talk to me anymore? This leads me to writing my beautiful mind. It was a great time of reflection for me. Over the years, the million-dollar question I've asked myself was, why? Why am I like this? Why don't people understand me? Why do I come home exhausted most nights? So... I stopped thinking about it, and I wrote the answers to my why. The stigmas from others about neurodivergent people I describe as thunderclouds, covering the parts of the whole of us and showing the parts that neurotypical people want to understand, even though all minds are different and should be equal. In my poem, I ask you to immerse yourself in the pitch black waters and think a little deeper about the people in the world and how people treat neurodivergent people. It's also a reminder to myself and other neurodivergent people that we are so much stronger than we think we are. A lot of us, I feel, have come from this little seedling and are growing into this graceful willow tree We have stood so strongly against so much stigma and discrimination in our own ways that I can't help but be proud of our efforts. I also want my poem to be a sign that says you're not alone, you deserve to heal and to be celebrated.
0: That story was produced by Haley Bissett. Ollie Krusek was the supervising producer. I'm Danny Stewart and you're listening to All The Best. We showcase stories from emerging storytellers around the country. Do you have a story to tell? We're currently taking pitches for our spring pitch round. No previous radio experience is required and we'll pair you with a supervising producer. If you'd like to make a story for the show, get in touch. Visit allthebestradio.com pitch. This week, we're featuring stories from our collaboration with The Bold Source, a magazine created by young people in the city of Brimbank. Up next, Lani and Shani investigate and debunk the negative stereotypes about young people in their community.
2: Today's generation of young people is incredibly enormous. The Australian Institute of Health and Welfare estimates that 3.3 million young people aged between 15 and 24 years live in Australia, which is about the same number as everyone living in Western Australia, Northern Territory and Tasmania combined. Going more locally to Brimbank, which is the second largest local government area in Melbourne, then 37% of this catchment is under 24 years old. That's about 75,000 people. But despite the diverse number of people in this age group, this group has constantly been misrepresented in the media with negative stereotyping.
3: Now, the teenagers terrorising families and taking on police. Tonight, the fight back against young people breaking into houses. Oh,
4: holds barred police operation targeting teen gangs. Our cameras join cops on the beat locking up street thugs who think they're above the law.
2: Even in Brimbank, there is a lot of negative coverage about young people.
4: A major crackdown on youth crime is underway across Melbourne's Northwest, with dozens of gang members arrested.
2: So Lani and I are both editors of a Brimbank youth magazine called The Bold Source, which is created to give a positive platform for young people to share their thoughts, creativity and advocacy. Since its first release in 2020, it has reached scores of schools and community organisations to highlight the contributions young people bring to our society. From the very first launch, the BOTOS hoped to change the stereotypical narrative from lazy and entitled to encouraging and empowering, and have always hoped that you can find inspiration within these pages. Today, we'll be discussing with some young people about the effect of negative media representation and what it's like working with young people. Our first interviewee is Haley, a 16-year-old who lives and works in Brimbank. She has a passion for storytelling and using her voice to create change. In 2022, she was awarded Brimbank's Young Citizen of the Year Award for her many community endeavours. She is a peer support leader within her school and an advocate for the LGBTQIA plus and neurodiverse community.
1: I think people need to start using critical thinking to change their opinions about youth because it's not always just negative, negative, negative. Especially if our like, media outlets do that, it might fight back the stereotypes that we see in media. My favorite thing about working with youth is that I get to help people and I get to connect with people my age and find similar grounds with them. A value that I think young people can bring to the table is that there's always something new, there's always a new idea, there's always a new perspective.
2: So we talked to Ayan, who was a facilitator at the Bold Source magazine and is a youth development officer.
4: My main role is to support youth participation and engagement and amplifying youth voice which basically just means i advocate for young people aged 10 to 25 to be involved in decision making that happens on a council level this also means giving tools and or access to tools to support young people to build skills that guide them into their education and career pathways that they're interested in and supporting their well-being helping them to feel more confident grow a better sense of belonging and feel more empowered in their community I think that young people are often represented in a negative light in the media and are often casted as troublemakers and irresponsible. Negative stereotypes about young people are harmful because it contributes to a societal perception that young people are untrustworthy and unreliable. And it also tells young people how the world views them, which can in turn shape how they view or feel about themselves. The media is quite powerful in that sense because it influences our beliefs and attitudes about certain groups of people. What really is important here is to create a cultural shift about how important youth voice is. But that will take time, of course. But I think what we can do to make a difference is to make sure young people are able to tell stories about themselves and have them be involved in decision-making about their own lives and futures. But a way that we can do that is to support young people. And those young people will need champions to support and advocate for them. And that's where youth workers come into play because our sole focus is to support and advocate for young people to be heard, valued, and respected. My favorite thing about working with young people is seeing them grow into becoming more confident, empowered people. I think being able to support a young person, explore a hobby that they're interested in that might lead them down a career pathway that they like, or just having them feel more excited to make friendships and build connections in their communities. It inspires me because it shows that young people are You know can become active members of our communities and their voices matter. I think something that I value about young people is the wisdom that they have. I think wisdom is tied to age often like as the older you get the more wiser you become but young people are wise too and there's so much wisdom in youth that I think a lot of adults don't realize and I think young people think in really creative innovative ways that I'm always in awe about that I think a lot of older people can learn from they bring a really different and interesting and valuable perspective that can and will change the world that we live in for the better. Thank
2: you to Ayan and Hayley for your time and insights. We've definitely learned new things about young people and the value that they can bring to our communities. Personally, Lani and I have loved growing up in Brimbeck. It's where we go to relax and have fun, and it's also where we got our first casual jobs, went to school, and volunteered in the community. Yet, the common stereotypes of youths being lazy, entitled, or inherently violent can chip away at our happy experiences as young people. It sometimes makes you wonder, maybe what the media says is true, and I'm not working hard enough, or I'm not supposed to be hanging out in the park. Yet young people have so much to offer to the Brimbank area. At The Bold Source, we are empowering young people to share their unique stories and challenge mainstream narratives. For example, our magazine features stories from Najma, who is a freelance journalist dedicated to connecting her community by encouraging volunteer work. Also, Aretha Brown is an Indigenous activist who sheds light on learning history to address the racism in this country. And many other young people share their stories about mental health environmentalism and hope. If there's one thing we've learnt from a boat source, it is that young people's creativity and potential
0: are endless. That story was produced by Shani and Lani Muen. Mel Chun was the supervising producer. To end our show this week, we have a poem on the radical act of self-love
3: lavish by laurie pavlovich author's note this is written about my experiences as a trans non-binary person but i hope that you can see yourself within my sentences too there are choices we get in life a lot of which are taken from us My body is one thing I should have total autonomy over, but instead it is a politician's favorite debate topic. In primary school, before children have the intellect to insult character, it is our bodies they go for. Any abnormality is torn apart in an attempt to make themselves seem more normal. To be different is to put yourself at risk of falling under the stampede. But when we get older, we realize it is not a choice. To hide is a pain even worse. Then we must fight. As we are suddenly thrown into a new dangerous world, we are expected to know everything, as if it is decided that our new responsibility is to answer invasive questions. It becomes exhausting as it slowly wears you down. We are angry and sad when everyone tells us that to be listened to, we need to be reasonable. This is how self-care becomes vital to our survival. When the world is pushing us harder and telling us to run, then to protect ourselves, we must learn to say no. We don't need to prove our worth through productivity. People will take as much as they can from our time and energy, trying to save themselves from the same burnout they are pushing us into. When existing in a world where time equals profit, remember to spend lavishly on yourself. When walking slowly to the train station and taking days off just to lay in bed, we begin to understand that doing nothing is not a waste of time, but instead a necessity. We need time to rest and recover. This looks different for everyone. Some people may need extra sleep. Others need more time with loved ones. And some might prefer to binge their favorite show. Whatever rest looks like for you, it is important to allow yourself a step back. Our mental and physical health rely on it to function comfortably. And we all deserve to be comfortable. Self-care is finding people who make everything just a little bit easier. People who will hold your hand and talk when you are too tired to. People who feel like breathing in spring air, walking over crunchy autumn leaves, cool water on a hot summer day, or a blanket to bear the winter's cold. Find people who will love you the year round, who are there without you asking. Stop accepting the bare minimum and know that you deserve more. Self-care is communication. Talk to your friends, check in, set your boundaries. Don't let people cross them and learn to ask for help. Hype yourself up the way you would a best friend, be an audience member to your own performance. We are worth putting energy into. It is okay to not be happy all the time, to lay awake at night replaying conversations and to not like what you see in the mirror. Self-care is wanting and trying to be better. Our bodies do not need to change, we need to change the way we view them. To tear down our harshness and learn kindness for our skin, We owe them that. When we live in a place that profits from our self-hate, loving ourselves becomes a rebellious act. Our bodies deserve more than to be tolerated. They deserve celebration.
0: That poem was written and read by Laurie Pavlovich, and it was featured in The Bold Source a magazine led, curated and designed by creative young people in the city of Brimbank. The Bold Source have just dropped their third issue. You can check it out at brimbankyouth.com slash source This special collaboration between All The Best and The Bold Source was supported with a quick response grant from the city of Melbourne. All The Best would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we make these stories and pay our respects to Elders past and present. All The Best is made at FBI Radio on Gadigal Land in association with SIN and 3RRR on Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Boon Wurrung Lands and 8 C, on Arunda and Waramungu Lands. The All the Best editorial manager is Mel Chun. Timothy Nguyen is our social media producer, and Lydia Yosef Ober is our community and events coordinator. Shining Bird composed our theme music, and Annie Hamilton designed the artwork. All the Best is heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network, and we're made possible by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can listen back to our full archive of more than 500 episodes at allthebestradio.com. I'm Danny Stewart. Thanks for listening.